0: know what time it is it's time to ball about the south with seawood ball about the south coming at you from a southern perspective on the nfl nba hbcu and of course some of the best talk and analysis on the sec real sports talk real southern flavor follow me and the show at seawood on sports on x and ig and now it's time to ball about the south What's good? What's good? It's Wood. And yes, welcome in to the latest episode of Ball About the South with Seawood. Definitely glad to have you here. Please remember to like, subscribe, do all of those things. Make Send your comments, leave five-star rating, whether you're on Apple or Spotify. We really, really appreciate that. Again, just really good to have you back here. Uh, You know, I know you got a busy schedule, got a lot of things going on So I really appreciate you coming in to listen to me for a few minutes here on Ball About the South Let's get into it, yes, it is game week Yeah, I know we had a little bit of game week last week We had some couple games go down (laughs) But this week, the Alabama Crimson Tide takes the field and uh, So it's game week for me uh, you know, uh, this game week for pretty much everybody now. A lot of teams obviously that did not play last week. Week zero will definitely be in action week one this week end and uh it's just a great time of year, man. It just really is. And this is the perfect weekend. This is the absolute perfect weekend to start college football on a yearly basis when you sit there and think about it, you got the extra day off. Uh, at least most of us do. I'm sorry for those that don't have that extra day off on Monday. I'm sorry about that. Because trust me, it's a lot of days that I don't get. But <laughs> So I understand how it feels. But it's good to um, have that extra day off. And and be able to enjoy a lot of college football and obviously it starts here on Thursday night with the Florida Gators and Utah youths going at it there in Utah we're going to talk about that game a little bit later on goes into Saturday a couple big matchups there one of the bigger matchups is uh, North Carolina South Carolina game there in Charlotte and it goes into the game of the weekend which is one maybe destined to be one of the best games of the year when the Florida State Seminoles do battle with the Los, uh, LSU Tigers there in Orlando. And then even got action Monday night with Clemson and Duke. So, again, it is here. And uh pretty happy about it. And I'm sure that you are, too. And we're going to talk a lot of college football here in this show. We're going to talk a little bit of NFL as well. And we got the NFL season coming up. We got next Thursday, nice game with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. You know, getting their rings and uh, celebrating their latest Super Bowl win and all of that. Got them facing the uh, Detroit Lions next Thursday night. So, looking forward to that. And of course, we got a lot of action there coming up that following Sunday. We're going to talk about that uh, in depth next week. But we'll talk a little bit of NFL this week, talking a little bit of NFC and AFC South action. you know, here as we go forward, man, trying to get you ready, man. Get you ready for the 2023-24 regular season in the NFL and in college. So yeah, we're gonna get deeper into some of these matchups in the college ranks coming up this weekend. We're gonna go back to week zero. We're gonna break down that HBCU game we had last weekend with the Jackson State Tigers really putting it on the South Carolina State. Uh, Bulldogs, man, that was crazy We're going to get talk about that As Jackson State has another Huge football game coming up This weekend That's a SWAT game Going up against the FAMU Rattlers So um, we're going to talk about all that But first, man, the biggest news probably uh, That we'll talk about down here In the AFC, NFC South Really, uh, maybe even the biggest Story in the NFL, period, right now is that story about Jonathan Taylor there in Indianapolis and it's pretty much at a standstill right now We've not much else has happened since we talked last I mean the, the, the biggest thing that we found out there were a couple teams that um, made some serious inquiries about his availability obviously and uh, one of those teams was not a surprise at all and then the other team was a pretty big surprise so uh, the team that was not surprised was the Miami Dolphins I mean there's a I think a pretty good need at the running back position for the Dolphins so obviously they looked in to get into getting uh, the services of Johnson Taylor <laughs> the Colts they don't really want to trade Johnson Taylor for real <laughs> okay that's that's, that's that's just it they really do not want to trade Johnson Taylor and who can blame him I mean this you're talking about the guy who's really the face of your franchise currently and you know and the thing is I had to look back I was like you know with everything going on it just seemed like Johnson Taylor's been around a lot longer it seems like he's been around six seven eight years or something with everything that's been going on this dude is still 24 years old so he is right there in the prime of his career So obviously, the Colts don't want to get rid of this dude, you know. So Miami made their pitch, (laughs) I guess, to the Colts, and the Colts weren't buying it. The Colts reportedly wanted Jalen Waddle involved in that trade. Now, from a Colts standpoint, that makes a lot of sense because really, sitting look at the Indianapolis Colts right now, you have. I think you have a few really pretty good receivers, but I don't know if you have that number one guy out there. You sit there and you think about Alec Pierce. And then, of course, you have Michael Pittman Jr. And neither one of those guys have really stepped up and just said, okay, yeah, I am the number one guy on this football team necessarily. So, obviously, Jalen Waller would come in, and he would be that number one receiver. And obviously, you sit there and think about having Anthony Richardson coming in as a rookie about to make his first start here in about a week or so, that would be a huge thing for him to have. It would be huge for him to have that one guy that he can kind of depend on. and Obviously, someone dynamic like Jalen Waller would be huge for the and that was Colts. You could see the fit, but, you know, obviously Miami wasn't buying that. <laughs> they, they weren't buying that at all. So, And then the other team that is reportedly uh, – you know kind of stuck their name in the hat the green bay packers that was the one that was a little bit surprising because they have a couple of pretty good running backs with them on right now you think about aaron jones and a.j dillon pretty good duo uh so probably i guess they're look maybe looking at that johnson taylor thing maybe to as a kind of a long-term thing something down the road uh, that was pretty interesting to know that those were the two teams that were most prominent in uh, chasing after Jonathan Taylor so yeah but neither one of those things went down for the Colts and I you know again I, I in a way I don't blame them at all because like, like I said I just don't think they really want to trade him for real they're just kind of you know they've been forced and you know they've had this hand dealt to them so we'll see how all that goes but right now Taylor is uh, pretty much on the Pup list Probably going to be sitting here waiting around Maybe even to the, to the trade deadline To see how this thing is going to end It's going to be very interesting to see So yeah So that that really is the Biggest piece of news Going on in the NFL Obviously had a lot of cuts and everything Everybody cutting down from the 90 Man to the 53 Man roster here uh, the deadline was tu this past Tuesday. A lot of names that are uh, some surprises, both ways, some surprises that uh, they were just able to stay on the team, some surprises that, they, that those these players were cut, certain players were cut. i obviously all that goes on just like it does every season. so uh, yeah, it's gonna yeah you know, starting to get interesting man for real if we get really close to the NFL the season kicking off. Go back to college football just really quick. Uh, again, we're going to talk a little bit more the NFL. we kind of break down the AFC South and, and the uh, NFC South a little bit more a little bit later in the show. Going back to expansion and, co- and conference realignment really quick. It was reported that the American Athletic Conference is really starting to seriously talk about adding Oregon State and Washington State to their conference. Which is pretty interesting. Now, this is something that I'm not really surprised at hearing. I thought that that would be a possibility once, you know, everything has, you know, gone down with the Pac-12. And now you got the Pac-4. And then it's probably going to be the Pac-2 after Stanford and Cal do whatever they're going to do, you know, if they end up in the, AA, in the ACC, which is, you know, looking more likely right now. You know, what about the other two guys? oregon state and washington state they they would just be left dangling out there so obviously the mountain west is is i think probably the more likely destination for them but the american athletic Conference is is trying to throw their name in the hat as well and maybe bringing them in so and kind of spreading their brand out west and i tell you what if they're able to pull that off then they would definitely <laughs> be earning the name american because they would be pretty much all over america from philadelphia to uh to the south you know being in florida you know north carolina and in florida and then of course Alabama, Tennessee, Louisiana, Texas, in the middle of America with you know, with Tulsa and Wichita State there in basketball, and then all the way out to the West Coast if they're able to bring in Washington State and Oregon State, that would be truly the American conference. <laughs> right? But you know, obviously one of the things that they're looking at is they're trying to be proactive because they know there's a good chance that they're going to lose SMU here in the near future. And then they're Look, there are other schools in this conference, in the American Conference, that are looking to uh, maybe try to land themselves in a power conference as well. All I'm going to say is good luck (laughs) to everyone not named SMU. That's that's all I can really say. I I don't know if if anyone else is going to be really uh, picked up by any of these major leagues or whatever, so... But yeah, that is that is the thing that they're trying to do. And I think it's a good thing that the Americans trying to do here is be proactive in this thing. Because again, they know that they're going to lose at least one or two schools here coming up. So adding Oregon State and Washington State would be a really good thing. We'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see what happens with it. But uh, again, this thing is far from over. Obviously, you got everything going on with the uh, <laughs> the ACC. Uh, man, it's 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 gonna be crazy here going forward with conference realignment and expansion. Uh, we're gonna go to the break, but here real quick before we do that. Now, I'm gonna talk a little bit more in depth about the game this past Saturday night there in Atlanta, the MEAC Swat Challenge, where Jackson State again laid it on South Carolina State. We'll talk about that game a little bit further here, going um, uh, a little bit later in the show. We'll also preview that Jackson State/Famu game as well. But this is going to be one thing that I want to do on the show on a weekly basis: give out baller awards. And one of the baller awards that I'm going to give out on a weekly basis is going to go to who I think deserves it in HBCU ranks on a on a weekly basis and. (laughs) <laughs> this one was obvious I mean there was Obviously only There were a couple of Other games Not just The HBCUs Obviously have Smaller divisions As well In like division Two II and three Or whatever So they had a couple of Games going on there But uh, In the FCS ranks uh, for, uh, Jackson State and, and South Carolina State Was really the only Game going So It couldn't be but One game and, and really It could only be One player That would win this baller award And that award goes to Jason Brown The quarterback of the Jackson State Tigers It was not even known for sure That he would be the starter Until we saw him trot out there (laughs) For the first series of plays And uh, you know, we kind of figured that was going to be the case But we knew it Didn't know for sure until he went out there And this dude went and balled out 26-33 passing the football 361 yards Three touchdowns at one point in the game this dude completed 22 consecutive passes Just, man this dude was doing his thing and uh, what a debut for him he is a transfer from Virginia Tech did not play much there so you know uh, but apparently he really took over that job during the spring and um, into fall camp and really uh put his name on it and he is not giving it up so far and, he, and with that performance saturday night it doesn't look like he's gonna be really to give it up anytime soon so my baller award in hbcu ranks this week goes to jason brown the quarterback of the jackson state tigers anyway man yeah we're gonna talk a little bit more hbcu a little, a little bit later we're gonna get a little bit deeper in college football. We're going to go about the SEC in this next segment. And uh, we got a lot going on, obviously. And we're going to do all that when Ball About the South continues. All right, y'all. We're back in. Ball About the South continues. And you know what time it is. Let's go about the SEC. Sir, yes, sir. We're about the SEC, and let's get into this thing, man. We're back here, 2023 football season, right here, about to begin. It already actually begun for the Vanderbilt Commodores. They struggled last week, man. Struggled last week with the uh, Hawaii. They're in Nashville. They won that game, 35-28. So congratulations to the Vanderbilt Commodores. But man, it took them a while. I mean, (laughs) that game really went down to the last few minutes and uh, probably presented more questions than answers for Clark Lee's football team. Again, a good win. Any any win is a good win. No question about that. But going forward, you're going to have to really wonder about how good this team is going to be. They won five games, and they were able to win a couple games that we kind of figured they weren't going to win before the season started. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off this year. So we'll have to see. But, again, win is a win if you're the Vanderbilt Commodores and they are the first team to go one over this season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, let's get into – let's go a little bit more in depth in, in the divisions. Uh, again, a lot to talk about here. I'm going to get into some of the matchups for the weekend coming up a little bit later. I gave you my power rankings last week. So now let's get into my division predictions and things uh, here in the East and in the West. Let's just go ahead and start in the East, all right? Um, for me, uh, you know, we'll go from bottom to the top and how I think the divisions are going to end up here later this season for me. Obviously, I've got to start in the East with the Vanderbilt Commodores. I mean, again, we just talked about them barely beating Hawaii the other day, so... I've got them pulling up in the last spot. But, again, I think this is going to be a team that you never know. I mean, look, they surprised us with a couple big victories last year. They could do the same. I'm not. I'm just not predicting it right now. I'm just not. I think that they're going to be a team that goes uh, probably three to five wins again. I say five would be the absolute ceiling. But, um yeah, it's going to be a long season, but I don't think that necessarily means if they don't win as many as they won last year, that, that, that means that they're regressing. I think that this team is progressing on the Clark Lee. This is just a tough league this year, man. It It is just that tough. My number six team there in the East, this is kind of tough, man. This is where, like said, this is where it kind of gets tough. I think from 13 on up to about number six in this league is going to be really tough to decipher i really do i'm going to tentatively <laughs> i tentatively, very tentatively go with the missouri tigers uh they won this a team that won six games last season uh you know losing in their bowl game they do have experience coming back with Brady Cook at quarterback. I think that could be a uh, huge difference for this football team, so uh, at least to finish ahead of Vanderbilt anyway. Uh Eli Drinkowitz, again, this is not a bad football team. It's just just so many other teams that are just better than them in this league. So anyway, I've got Missouri finishing fifth. I mean sixth rather and fifth. I'm gonna go with the Florida Gators and um uh, you know, Billy Napier's team also went 6-7 and seven last season. And this is not what Florida fans want to hear. But they're going to be bringing in a new guy, Graham Mertz. It's their quarterback. We'll see how he does. Again, we're going to get to see Florida here very quickly Thursday night when they travel traveled to Utah. That was the game they won last season there in Gainesville. We'll see how this thing goes a little bit um Uh, Here on Thursday night, man, I think that it's going to be a really entertaining football game. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about that game a little bit later. And uh, fourth, there in the East, I have South Carolina Gamecocks. And I think this could go either way as well. (laughs) Uh, It would not surprise me if South Carolina finished a little bit higher than this. It wouldn't surprise me if they finished a little bit lower than this. But South Carolina, man, they have a team that I think that really uh, pushes the needle. I mean, they sit there and they come after you. I'm a really big believer in Shane Beamer, uh, the way he coaches the football team. They force turnover. They're really good special teams-wise. would not surprise me if they finish a little bit higher than I have them right here. And they also have Spencer Rattler quarterback. So when um, you sit there and look at their team, really good but I think you look at their schedule they've got a tough schedule because um, they go to Georgia obviously that's not a good thing they go to Tennessee they go to Missouri and they go to A&M those are four tough road games really tough road games and that's an additional course to hosting Mississippi State Florida and Kentucky So in the league so that's why I have them a little bit below Kentucky right there yeah, I just basically told you the team that I have in third place there in the East, the Kentucky Wildcats. Now, I think the Wildcats are going to be a pretty good football team. We know how Mark Stoops does his defense. The problem with the Wildcats is usually offensively. Now, they had a pretty good offense a couple seasons ago. And guess what? That offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, is back. He moved out uh last season he uh after coaching this team in 21 uh, a few years there back before that and uh, he actually went to be the quarterback's coach with the rams right and so he's back and this offense was a lot better on the coin we'll see how that thing goes but uh I think that there's a very good chance that this, this Wildcats offense is going to be a lot better. They have uh, transferred Devin Leary out of NC State. He's a senior uh, grad transfer, so has some experience. Obviously, does not have the experience with this team. but uh, And I think those receivers are going to be a lot better. They added Ray Davis, a uh, junior running back out of Vanderbilt. And again, that was, you could tell Vanderbilt kind of missed Ray Davis the other night with their running game. That Well, their lack thereof they're in their running game this past Saturday night against Hawaii. Ray Davis uh, will probably be the starting running back there with Kentucky. So i like this Kentucky team possibly to finish just ahead of South Carolina in the East, probably winning eight games or somewhere in that range. At number two in the East, obviously, Got to go with the Tennessee Volunteers. I mean, I mean, there's just no surprise there. I think you sit there and you look at this schedule. They uh, go to Florida. They go to Kentucky. They go to Alabama. Three pretty tough games. They uh, finish up the season at Missouri, and then they host Georgia and Vanderbilt. They do get Georgia at home. Now, so if they're... In position at that point, then uh, you know to if they're uh, at that point nine and one or ten and zero or whatever, then they they you know hey I mean they, who knows what could happen at that point I I don't think that's going to be the case though I think they're going to lose a couple games before that um, or at least one game that, that could be Texas A&M they host Texas A&M so that probably be a win for them. I don't see them beating Alabama two years in a row. I think that's where that loss is probably going to come. And then, you know, then the next week they play at Kentucky. That could be a tricky stretch for them right there when you think about playing at Alabama and then the very next week going to Kentucky as well. Could be very tricky. Obviously, you've got to get at least a split in those two games to even make that Georgia game even really count. We'll see how it works out, but I've got the, the uh, volunteers going ten and two, and finishing second in the East, and of course the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> Who else are you going to pick to win the SEC East? I think that uh, the schedule is there for them to go twelve and zero. I mean, you sit then you look at this schedule. The out of conference schedule speaks for itself. I mean, seriously, UAB or Georgia Tech is the toughest out of conference game that they have. All right, well, you sit there and you look at their bigger games. South Carolina at home. Kentucky at home. Uh, they play Florida, obviously, in you know, in Jacksonville. Missouri at home. I mean, Missouri gave them a really tough uh, game last year. We'll see how that goes this time around. Ole Miss at home, there's, there's the team that they're playing out of the West, the other team out of the West. They're playing them at home. Now, they have, again, they they go to Tennessee. But, uh, I mean, really, that's really the only game I see them really losing. Of course, they do travel to Auburn. And I tell you what, now, you sit there and you look at the date of this game, September 23rd, I'm sorry, September 30th, going to Auburn. The one thing about Auburn, man, <laughs> and I say this all the time when I look at Alabama's schedule for the upcoming season, no matter what season it is, they're always going to look and see where they're playing Auburn or where they're playing LSU. That's usually going to determine how Alabama's schedule goes or their season goes. That's just bottom line. So, you know, going to Auburn in September, then that game used to be played in November. And I know we've been kind of playing it differently here the last couple of seasons, so this is not the first season that that's happened, but still kind of feels weird weird things happen in Auburn <laughs> okay they, they they just do and you sit there and you look at the coaches that Auburn has you know have had over the years the thing about Gus Malzahn, his teams did weird things offensively and they 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 came out with plays that just made you scratch your head uh, the kick six and then the, the game before that was the Georgia game where the ball was tipped in the air and the guy caught it and ran it on in for the, to the end zone against Georgia. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we all know about those things that happen in Auburn. They have just these kind of cr- crazy things, crazy coaches like Terry Bowden. Terry Bowden, who's not, you know, I don't know if he's coaching anymore. He ended up getting fired from Auburn, but he almost went two years undefeated. <laughs> back there in the 90s i mean this dude i mean it's just really crazy some of the things that goes on at auburn so you just never know and that game being played in september before i mean look carson beck i think is going to be a you know a good replacement for stetson bennett
1: but you, you don't
0: really necessarily know that's the field And the one question I have about Georgia, man, this season about their offense is Mike Bobo, who's going to be their offensive coordinator again. Now, if that name sounds familiar, he was their offensive coordinator for a good while under Mark Richt. Now, again, they put out a lot of great players. Don't get me wrong. A lot of great players went to the NFL that were coached under Mike Bobo. There, you know, and Mark Rick there, at Georgia. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I just, I was never really huge on his offenses there. I thought Georgia's offenses kind of lacked something at times. So just keep an eye on it. Again, I'm not trying to tell you Georgia's not going to go 11 and one or 12 and over. They they absolutely more than likely are. But I'm just telling you, just you know, just kind of watch. And, and you know keep keep an eye on it that's all we'll see how it goes but yeah i got georgia winning the east obviously and then of course you know representing the east there in atlanta anyway we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back we'll talk about the west and we'll talk about some of those huge games coming up this weekend when ball about the south continues all right we're back in we did the west there in my last segment and now let's I'm sorry, we did the East (laughs) in my last segment. Now let's move it to the West and give you my prediction on how I think each division in the SEC is going to stack up this coming season. At number six, in the West, I'm going to have to go with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. This is the team to win 9-4 last season. This is going to tell you exactly what I'm talking about. When I say, when I tell you that (laughs) you can put i say from team five on down to number 13, really, seriously. Or at least 12. I, you, you can make, you know, a serious case for each one of those teams to move up as high as maybe five or six or seven. And you can make cases for them to be 12 or 13. I mean, I, there, there's a lot of parity in these, in, in about the, the seven or 18 range right here. So, I'm just gonna pick Mississippi State. I mean, it's, no, it's nothing against Zach Arnett, who's in second season. His second season, they're coaching Mississippi State. They have uh, Will Rogers rec- uh, returning at quarterback. It's gonna be a new offense there. The, the, the air raid that uh, uh, Mike Leach, again, the late Mike Leach, may he rest in peace. Um, the guy that he implemented there, gonna be a big change in offense there. So it's gonna be interesting to see how all of that goes. I think that they probably take steps back for sure from going nine and four. Just not really seeing the team being that good. And so I'm thinking maybe they take steps back to maybe being a six or seven win team here coming up this season in the five. I'm sorry, in the six slot. In the west, I have the Auburn Tigers. Um, and again, this is Auburn's one of those quirky teams, man. I it would not surprise me if they finish a little bit higher than this, but I think I have to put them right here. I could even say, you know, make the case for them finishing last in the division. And you said anything about new head coach in Hugh Freeze, but Hugh Freeze is, has plenty of experience in the SEC. This is not his first rodeo. He has some pretty good talent, I think, on uh, a couple of positions. Peyton Thorne is going to be a starting quarterback um, transfer out of Michigan State. I do think Robbie Ashford is going to get some action, though, here and there in certain situations. And like I said um, before, a couple times here. It would not surprise me if Robbie Ashford wins that job a little bit later in the season. We all always know that Auburn's pretty good defensively. I don't think this is going to be any, anything different with this football team. So, I mean, this is a team that went five and seven last season. I think probably they're going to end up maybe six and six this year. But it would not surprise me if they get to seven and five. Some people are calling for them to go eight and four. I'm not really sure that I see all of that. But it would not shock me to see Auburn go seven and five and really have a really good uh, debut season for Hugh Freeze there in Auburn, uh, going on with the number five team in the West. I'm gonna go to Arkansas Razorbacks. I think it's pretty, pretty simple. I mean, it's just the way they fall in line. I still think this could be a pretty good football team. They may have the best quarterback in the in the conference in KJ De- in KJ Jefferson. I mean, he had injury issues there at the end of last season but he was one of the best quarterbacks in the conference he's been that the last couple years so they're capable they have capabilities i think defensively is going to be their issue and i really don't know about the weapons that kj jefferson has around him offensively so sam Pittman, i think is going to have a little bit of a struggle but um, i still can see them getting back to the seven and six record that they had last year um they were, uh, let me go back here and look really quick. They were 6-6 six and six last year in the regular season, and they won their bowl game. That was a crazy bowl game, the Liberty Bowl, over Kansas last season to get them to 7-6. and six. So I can see a very similar record for Arkansas this coming season. Next in line at number four, I've got the old Miss Rebels. I, th- I thought about this whole thing, man. <laughs> I could I, I could make a case with their quarterback situation with Lane Kiffin leading the way. I could definitely make a case for them to finish another spot higher. I just think the overall football team is maybe not quite as good as they were last year. They still have one of the best running backs in the league and Quinshawn Judkins. Jenkins, this dude, is really... Really, a big-time running back. He's going to be a load to handle. They have 16 guys coming back um, on both sides. Nine offensively. <clears throat> excuse me, and seven defensively. I don't know. Something tells me this team takes a step back from the eight and five record that they had last year, or, or either they stay right there. And uh, I just, I, I, I'm thinking the teams that I have. Now I'm comparing them to it's obviously texas a&m because i have texas a&m next finishing third in in the west i think one of these teams is going to finish third i could see Ole miss being that team but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with texas a&m i mean y'all know how i get down on jimbo fisher a lot i think this is going to be very interesting very intriguing marriage between he and Bobby Petrino there. He hired Bobby Petrino to be the offensive coordinator, so to speak, and at least call plays. So that's gonna be crazy to sit there and see how that goes there in Aggie Land. The one thing we know is this team has the talent. We know that. Even though they lost some of the players that they, you know, brought in in those big time uh, recruiting classes they had a couple of years ago they lost some of those players they they still have quite a few of them still they're in the fold so it would not surprise me and Texas A&M for me I think is one of the wild cards they could really be good or they could really be back to where they were last year and only win five or six games. I could see it go either way. But right now, I've got them uh, (laughs) finishing third. I think the other wild card in this league, or at least in the other division, is the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, Just FYI. But again, I've got A&M finishing third in the West. Here's where it gets hard. (laughs) This is where it gets tough right here, man. I can absolutely see a scenario where LSU finishes ahead of Alabama. There's no question about it. I think there's, you sit there, if you compare talent, at least the talent we know, the talent we've seen on these football teams, these two teams, I think there's a legitimate case to be made that LSU has, has more talent that we've seen than Alabama. I don't think there's any question about that, but I think the really, you know, I, it really makes a, a tough decision to say who's going to win the West. It, it really does. And trust me, as an Alabama fan, I hate to say that. <laughs> trust me, man. Trust me when I tell you. When I sit there and think about it from that aspect, it it I, I hate to, to have this dilemma. I really do. But for me, it just all comes down to the fact that Alabama lost that game last season. It was the way that they lost that game. And then the fact that that game this season, instead of being in Baton Rouge, which like it was last year, it's going to be in Tuscaloosa. I mean, it's just just, as simple as that. But it's not simple because, I mean, I'm telling you, you sit there and you look at both these teams. Roster-wise, I can I probably could make a better case for LSU winning the division. And, of course, it's, it may not come down to that game on November 4th. Maybe Alabama loses a game before then. Maybe LSU loses a game before then or, or two. I think both these teams are definitely going to lose a game. I'm not really sure where it's going to be. You sit there and look at LSU's schedule. I mean, hell, it could be Sunday night for LSU. <laughs> I mean, it really could uh, with that game at Florida State. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to give my prediction here in just a few minutes. Uh, yeah, the LSU going to Mississippi, you know, Ole Miss, you know. You never know what you're in store for in a trip to Ole Miss. LSU gets Auburn at home. I think when you sit there and look at LSU's schedule, it sets up pretty good, though. I think it sets up pretty good. I really do. I think that's, you know, you got both Mississippis on the road. I think you can still win both of those games. I think he probably should win both of those games. You got Missouri, you should win that game. I think, you know, really, those three games should be wins. Those are your other three road games. So Alabama, I, I, I think it really, LSU has a really good chance to be, let's see, at that point, that would be weak. Let's see, one, two, three, four, that's nine. LSU has a really good chance to be nine and all oh, or eight and one at least going into the Alabama game. So, yeah, but I think the fact that that game is in Tuscaloosa makes all the difference. I think you go back and look at Alabama's schedule, very similar. Uh, Alabama does have Ole Miss at home, which I think that could be important. They get Mississippi State on the road. Obviously, because Alabama goes to Texas A&M, that could be a really huge football game there on September 30th. Um, I'm sorry, on October 7th, I'm sorry about that. Alabama hosting Tennessee could be big uh, for them to get revenge on that game. And then, you know, again, that you sit there and look at November 11th in Alabama's schedule. After playing LSU, usually Alabama plays like Mississippi State or something like that. That's the way the schedule used to fall. And now it's at Kentucky this season, that could be a little bit of a tricky game. That, that could be a tricky game. Let's just be real about it. Uh, but you sit there and you look at both these teams. LSU returns fifteen starters. Alabama, and Alabama, as mo- as in most years, they don't they're only to like ten starters from last season, and <laughs> like most of them on defensive end. So. Uh, LSU has a, an advantage experience-wise. I don't think there's any question about that. So, you know, I have it coming down between those two teams. And for me, the biggest factor to separate them is the fact that Alabama plays that football game at home. Uh, but you know, I, I think both of these teams are could, could absolutely make the playoff. Either one of them. Obviously, both of them are not going to make it. More than likely, I mean, you're not going to get. Well, they've done it once before. So, I mean, they've I mean, they've done it once before. So it's possible, but I don't think that's going to happen in this day and time. Obviously, the you know, scenario for the SEC to get two teams would be Georgia in one of these two teams. But uh, yeah, man, that that November fourth game is going to be something. I think. LSU could very well be undefeated. Or one loss in Alabama could very well be the same. So we'll see how it goes. But um, the winner of that game, I've got them playing Georgia in the championship game there in Atlanta. The SEC championship. I'm not going to go into predicting that game right now. I mean, It's just too far out. I'm not going to worry about that. i I just going to go with my regular season predictions. I like both of those teams, and um, again, I, I can see either one of those teams winning the whole thing, not just the SEC. I can see Alabama or issue winning the entire thing. So uh, there you have it. They have. It. I mean, uh, uh, we'll see how they match up against Georgia in that in that championship game. Again, Georgia has question marks. it's, it's enough that. They're trying to do something that a team has not done in like 90 years, win three consecutive national championships, 3 P. It's been almost 90 years since it's been done. And there's a reason for that. It's, it's, it's extremely difficult. It's, it's difficult to win one. It's extremely difficult to win two. It's almost, I mean, I, you know, it's ridiculously difficult to win three. So, we'll see how it goes, man. I I, you know, I do think they have the, the chance to do it, though. Um, and I think one reason that they, I think the SEC could, again, get two teams in the playoff is I think things are going to kind of cancel themselves out within a couple of these conferences, namely the Pac-12 and probably the Big 12. And that's what, that's going to lead me into just kind of going over my picks, my quick picks of who I think is going to win each of the other FBS conferences really quick. I'm going to go over this. We're starting at Pac-12, and that is going to be jumbled up, man. You got four really good teams, I think. Uh, I don't think you have a single great team in that league. You sit down, you look at the top four teams. You look at Oregon in no certain order. Oregon with, you know, Bo, uh, Bowden, Bo Wallace. <laughs> Not the old Miss quarterback. Bo Nicks, the, the former Auburn quarterback. Bo Nicks, you got SC, obviously, with Caleb Williams trying to repeat as his as a Trophy winner. That's going to be tough to do as well. Uh, you have uh, uh, the Washington Huskies, who are kind of a sexy pickle. There are a lot of people that are in on the Huskies to win the Pac 12 and get to the playoff. They 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 are, they and Oregon are the only two teams that have ever gotten to the playoff out of the Pac-12, which is just insane to sit there and think about. This this is going to be the 10th, the 10th playoff this coming uh, January. And the Pac-12 has two participants. They've had two teams be able to make it, which is just incredible for me to say. I, I just never would have thought that would have been possible. I just never would have. So you know, so you have uh, Washington with, with Michael Penix and then you have Utah Cam Rising. Each one of those teams have really good quarterbacks. Really good QBs. And I think that's one thing that stands out about this league. It's gonna be really tight. It's gonna be interesting to see who wins this thing, man. But I think along the way one of these, these teams are just gonna kinda of beat up on each other. I just really do. I just don't think you have one or two elite teams like I think you have like in the SEC, like you have in the Big Ten, and I think maybe like you could have in the ACC. I just I really don't see it. So, again, I, you know, if you ask me who I think is going to win this league, I'm going back with Kyle Whittingham. I know that they won it two years in a row, so it's going to be tough for them to win it three years in a row. Um they just know how to get it done. I love their intensity they uh they bring something to the table that a lot of the pac some of the pack twelve teams just don't bring in my opinion. They play the game just a little bit differently. They play it kind of like they're an s e c type team and I think that's the difference or it's been the difference for them the last couple of seasons so I like them to win their third consecutive Paxwell Championship, which would be incredible for Utah. No question about it. But again, either one of those four teams could win it and it wouldn't shock anyone. But I you know, does the Paxwell get left out of the playoff? Ah, man, I if I were a betting man I would say yes, but you know, I'm I'm not gonna say I, I think it's really, really gonna be interesting to see if they get left out again. I really do. But I think this is definitely their best chance to have a, a legit playoff team, maybe since Oregon played or um, since they beat Florida State and then and lost to Ohio State in the very first playoff. I really do. I, I think a couple of those teams could possibly do some things if they were able to get to the playoff. I don't know. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition. Let's go to the other side, man. Let's go to the other coast. Well, no, we'll go to we'll go to the other conference. That think is really just jumbled up, and that's the big 12. We got again this is another conference with a lot of good teams. You sit there and you look at TCU, just came off a national championship game appearance. You got Texas. You have a lot of people are believing in Texas Tech. You have um, Kansas State. You have. Lots of good teams, even teams like Kansas, who has a real good quarterback, are going to be very competitive in this league. I think this is a deep league. I think you look at the teams coming out of the AAC, like UCF, I think they could make a little bit of noise. They're not going to win the league or anything like that, but they could make their presence felt. Cincinnati and Houston are going to be two interesting cases I think they're probably going to kind of finish down around the bottom of the league, but we'll see how that goes. I think they'll get better as time goes on. But for me, at the top of this league, I'm going to go with Kansas State. I just really believe in that program, what they've done. I like the Wildcats to bring that Big 12 title back to the little apple, but I don't think they're going to make the playoff. That's just my opinion. Let's go to the ACC and that's another interesting conference to me it's a two-team race man uh, it, it, I, I just don't see another team that I have confidence to say besides Florida State and maybe Clemson that I can say yeah I think that team could make the playoffs I just don't see anyone else and I think with Clemson I think this thing with them is just seemingly they did get to 11 victories last season but Tennessee really put it on them in that bowl game uh, there at the Orange Bowl. And that was really an Orange Bowl, I'll tell you. <laughs> orange is everywhere, right? But uh, I, I, this this program is not gone. They're not dead or anything like that. I mean, Dabo Swinney is still a pretty good coach and all of those. But I just think some of the things that he said, I think it's hurting their recruit, recruiting just a little bit. He's not He's not for NIL. I and mean, he's against the transfer portal. I'm like, look, you can be against all these things all you want to, but you you got to realize, you got to understand <laughs> that both of those things are the biggest keys to your recruiting. So you got to adapt. You got to adapt. So for me, I just, I think that has been the biggest issue for Clemson. I think it's allowed for Mike Norvell to kind of slide in in the door there in the ACC. I like Florida State to win that league. I think Florida State definitely has a chance to get to the college football playoff. We'll see how it goes, but give me the Seminoles, man. and uh, Yeah, I I just really believe they are the best team in that league this season. Um, Big Ten. We'll finish off with them. Big Ten, again, another two-team race maybe 3. A lot of people are trying to tell me about Penn State. And, and and James Franklin better get it done because all you see when you sit there and go back at Penn State, look and look back at Penn State, are uh, losses to Ohio State and to Michigan. That is obviously the hump that they've got to get over. Will they be able to do it this season? I I don't think you beat Michigan. I just I just put it like that. I like it that Michigan has returning quarterback. Uh, I think that's huge. I think Harbaugh is taking control of this league. I think he's taking control to a certain degree. I think his recruiting is is it may not be better than Ohio State, but it's up there with Ohio State now. It's really getting close. So if James Franklin is going to do it, I think it's got to be this season, though. At least. They've got to beat Ohio State. They've got to find a way to do it. They've got to do it. I don't think you beat Michigan, but they've got to find a way to beat the Buckeyes. And we'll see if they can do that, if they can split those games, then obviously Penn State puts puts their name in the hat to get to the playoffs. That's what Nittany Lions fans want to see. Can they do it? But other than that, if Penn State does not put their name in the hat, then it comes down to those two, the same two teams, Michigan and Ohio State. And obviously, if you can kind of tell by my the way I'm sounding with this whole thing so far, I like the Michigan Wolverines to get back again. Harbaugh has taken over that league. Let's be real about it, man. Ryan Day, I mean, I like Ryan Day. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a really good football coach. He just ain't. He's not Jim Harbaugh. This is what I kind of expected when Harbaugh got into the league. I mean, I was I as blown away as anyone else that Harbaugh got off to as bad start as he did those first four or five years there at Michigan. This is what, or at least more along the lines of what I expected. Now, Michigan's, you know, again, Penn State, same kind of thing that Michigan had to go through. They had to get over that hump in Ohio State. They've gotten over that. Now, can Michigan get over that next hump? and get to a national championship game, and then win a national championship. Eventually, if Harbaugh sticks around, I think they're going to get it done. I don't know if it's going to be this season. But, uh, yeah. So, give me Michigan out of the Big Ten. Give me the Kansas State Wildcats out of the Big 12. Give me the Florida State Seminoles out of the ACC. And give me, out of the Pac-12, The Utah Utes. Those are my picks to win all of the FBS uh, (laughs) conferences this season. Anyway, man, I'm going to take another quick break right now. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about these games coming up this weekend. Uh, We'll talk about the the big HBCU game, FAMU, and Jackson State. We'll talk about a couple of the SEC games. Obviously, we're going to talk about that LSU-FSU game coming up Sunday. We'll also get into just a little bit of NFL to close out the show when Ball About the South continues. All right, y'all, we're back in. Ball About the South. Let's get into these games. Week one, man, it is game week. Let's get into talking about my predictions, my picks, and all of that for the games coming up this week. Weekend Labor Day weekend We have got football every night Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday And Monday Really, really looking forward to it And I guess Might as well start off with a big game Thursday night When Florida Gators return that trip From the game they won last year In the Swamp Over the Utah Youth They go out to Utah this season To begin the 2023 season Really a good matchup very intriguing matchup. Obviously, anytime you match up Pac-12 and SEC teams or any of the FBS conferences, um, they have you know, intersectional games or whatever early in the season. is always very intriguing, and this one definitely fits that bill. Uh, you look at this game, if you're on the betting side, Utah looking like four and a four-and-a-half point favorite right now. I've seen it at four A little bit higher than that. I think it got to five one time or whatever. Over under is at 44.5, which is, eh, you know, about. I guess it's probably going to be close to being right. Cam Rising, the quarterback for Utah, is apparently not going to play in this game. So how huge is that going to be? We'll have to see. Uh, I don't think it's going to be huge enough for Utah to lose this game, though. I just really feel like, Utah is going to be a little bit too much for for Florida out there in Utah. I I would say, um, again, I I would say really Florida was fortunate to win that game last season in in the swamp. Uh, Anthony Richardson had a pretty good game in that game, and they were able to, I think, benefit from a couple questionable calls from the referees, and they were able to pull out a really tight victory. I think it was something like 26 23 i just don't think that's going to be the case in this game tonight I, I just really believe utah is going to be able to uh get that crowd behind them uh teams are always very intense i like the youth to win that football game tonight um i like them to score somewhere around 27 20 27 17 something like that so uh i think that over under total is Pretty close. I I really wouldn't mess with that if if I were a betting man. But, uh, yeah, give me the Utes to win that football game tonight over the Gators in Utah. Uh, Let's see. Let's go down the list. Again, several really good matchups, man, especially here in the SEC. You know, you got a couple games that uh, look pretty decent on paper. One of those games is Virginia at Tennessee but that's all that's only because the acc sec kind of thing that's the only reason that kind of halfway looks decent i expect tennessee to roll in that game tennessee comes in 28 point favorites so that should tell you everything you need to know about that one um the other game really no other really big games in the sec on saturday not not really sad. I think one, one national game that's kind of interesting is the Boys of State at Washington game. I think that could be interesting for a while. And then, well, I'm sorry, I take that back. Uh, you got to go down to the evening schedule, man, and, and you find that big North Carolina South Carolina game. And it is a game where it's a pretty good uh, quarterback battle, to say the least. You have Drake May, North Carolina Tar Heels. You have. Uh, Spencer Rattler for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Tar coming coming into this game two-and-a-half point favorite, the game being played in Charlotte. Very interesting game. I, I could see this game going either way. I think it's going to be a game that goes back and forth. Where is Spencer Rattler, man? Is, is, is Spencer Rattler going to be the guy that played the first half of last season where he was, you know, where well, he didn't look very good for South Carolina or is he going to be the guy that came along and really got hot toward the end of the season and sat there and uh, put uh Gamecocks on his back and won that game at Death Valley against Clemson? Is it is it going to be that quarterback or is it going to be the guy that kind of started the season? If it's the guy that started the season, then North Carolina is definitely going to win this game. If he's the guy that ended the season... South Carolina has a really good chance to win this game. Very intriguing matchup there. I think it is probably the best matchup of the day there on Saturday, especially here in the conference anyway. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to lean North Carolina in that game right now, but it would not surprise me at all if South Carolina wins. I'm going to lean in, and I think it's going to be a, a game that's going to have some points Give me the Tar Heels 34-30, somewhere in that range. I think it's going to be a game that goes down right to the wire there in Charlotte, North Carolina. Moving on, Uh, obviously you got Alabama and Middle Tennessee State that night. Uh, You got Auburn playing UMass. Uh, Obviously we expect Alabama and Auburn to win both those games. Uh, Very interesting to see. If Jalen Milrow indeed would be the first quarterback that trots out, uh, Nick Saban has not released a depth chart. Now, look, (laughs) you got people like Paul Feinbaum kind of going off about this thing about Saban not releasing a depth chart. I mean, so? (laughs) I I, I think this is clearly something that Saban is trying to do. To send a message to his team. And he's basically, I think, saying, look, no one is safe. Maybe not necessarily that, but look, he's saying, look, I mean, no one is is has their name in concrete as a starter right now. That's the mentality we're going to go with at this point. We're going to go with whoever's playing the best, man. And, and if you sit there and you're not doing your job, and you are first stringer right now. Guess what? You can easily be replaced. And I think that is the <laughs> that is the message message that he is trying to send. And that's why I think Alabama is going to be an improved football team this season. And uh, obviously, uh, you would expect them to not have trouble with Middle Tennessee State. Now, I don't know about them covering. This score And they got them 39 and a half point Favorite I don't know about <laughs> Alabama covering All those points We'll see how it goes But if they do Oh boy And, it, and it's a really good game From Jalen Milro. Look out for all The the detractors On Monday morning The 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 quarter You know Monday morning quarterbacks the, You know the, the Coming with their hot takes Monday morning Oh see I told you Jalen Milrow was gonna be the truth. <laughs> Man, this whole situation with Jalen Milrow kind of reminds me of Blake Sims back in 2014. It really does. No one believed in, in Blake Sims. No one there were many, many Alabama fans that did not believe in Blake Sims. I I would even take this thing back to Mac Jones in the in the COVID year. No one believed in Mac Jones. <laughs> I mean, nobody. Mac Jones, the last taste of that the Alabama fans had in their mouth from Mac Jones was after two was injured, and he threw those two pick sixes at Auburn in 2019, it was, I guess. That was the last um, taste that they had of Mac Jones. And that was the narrative. All that off season, that oh Mac Jones is he turns the ball over too much. Oh Mac Jones, he's not mobile. He does this. He can't do that. And Mac Jones almost won the Heisman. Alabama had maybe its best offensive season ever. <laughs> I'm not saying all of that's gonna happen with this Millroth thing. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, I think Millroth is gonna be just fine. Just fine. Blake Sims. No one expected Alabama to do what Alabama did that year, even though they came up short against Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl, or you know, which was the the uh, semifinal of the playoff. No one thought Blake Sims was going to look the way he did that season. It, 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 it reminds me so much of that. It really does. So anyway, moving on, man. Moving on in some of these big games on Saturday. Uh, You sit there and you look at the slate. Another game that kind of sticks out to me was West Virginia at Penn State. I don't think much is really expected of West Virginia, but that's a brawl, man. West Virginia and Pittsburgh and West Virginia and Penn State, you just never know about those games. Obviously, I expect Penn State to win the game, but I'm going to keep an eye on that game. Again, like I said, this is... Huge season for um, that Penn State program. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, So that game kind of sticks out just a little bit. But for me, the Saturday matchup, South Carolina, North Carolina, is by far the best game of the day. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing that one. Obviously, another game that a lot of people are going to be interested in, though. Huge. The big noon kickoff. I think that's what they call it. Colorado at TCU. Going to be a lot of eyeballs on that game. Coach Prime, his debut there at Colorado. Going to be very interesting. Moving on to Sunday. Again, this is the big one of the weekend. Um, <laughs> I uh, This game being played in Orlando. I am big on Florida State. I'm going to take you back to last year. and Everyone was talking about Brian Kelly, all the... Crazy things that he was doing, and how stupid or whatever he looked coming in. Uh, he just—he really overdid it. He really overdid a lot of the stuff that he was trying to do to look cool or to kind of win fans over there at LSU or whatever. And everybody was just like, "Oh yeah, this this thing is gonna be a disaster at LSU." Blah blah this, blah blah that. Lo and behold, LSU gets down. I I can't remember exactly what the score was, but Florida State jumped up and was up like two or three scores on them, and oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, The comments were flying on Brian Kelly on Twitter. Oh, man. Big time. LSU made a comeback. They did not come back and win the game. They got really close it was it was not the best played game in a lot of ways it was kind of sloppy but lsu made a really good comeback in that game and i think that set themselves up for what they did the rest of the season so but you know when they made that comeback though everyone was like well it was just florida state this is not a good football team florida state is not a good football team florida state went out and i told i said it on the show i was like look out for florida state look out for Florida State. I said, I don't know if they're going to win the ACC or anything like that, but I think this team is a lot better than you're giving them credit for being. And all of that came true. You know, I, I was big time on the Brian Kelly hire with LSU. He is right now proving me right on that, and Florida State proved me right by being a much better team than a lot of people gave them credit for after they almost blew that game last Labor Day weekend. So fast forward to this weekend, I think you got another tight battle that is going to be must see TV. I like LSU in this football game though, as much as I like Florida State, I just I just think LSU is, is going to be on a little bit different level. I really do. I really do. I'm I'm, I'm not sitting here buying this. You know, Brian Kelly himself tried to sell this thing that, oh, LSU is not on this level with Alabama and Georgia. They're not on that level yet. Okay, well, I mean, technically, maybe they're not, especially with Georgia, because I think there may be some areas where LSU still lacks a little bit of depth. But for the most part, man, in my opinion, LSU is on that level. And I can't, like I said, I guarantee you their fans are going to expect them to be on that level. So, I like LSU in this football game, even though I really like FSU. I really like that football team. I think they're going to win the Atlantic Coast Conference. But give me LSU, dude. I like them to go down there and avenge that loss last year at the Superdome and win that game against the Seminoles. Uh, then you got the Monday night game, you got Clemson and Duke, which would be uh Duke won nine games last year, so it's gonna be interesting, I think, for a while. It's gonna be it's gonna be a telltale story. I, I mean if, if Clemson goes in I, I don't you, you don't wanna sit there and overreact. You don't wanna be that knee jerk Monday guy or whatever necessarily. But if if Clemson really goes up there and puts it on Duke that may raise a few eyebrows just a little bit. On okay, maybe Clemson is. If Club Nick looks really good and they put up a lot of points, that could be a sign. Maybe Clemson's gonna be a little bit better than we think. Than I think rather because I think a lot. There are a lot of people that think Clemson's gonna go to the playoff. I I don't. I don't think they're even gonna win the Atlantic Coast Conference. So we'll see how it goes. The big HBCU game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Earlier Sunday, Florida AM FamU facing Jackson State. Jackson State coming off that huge victory last weekend over South Carolina State. In my opinion, that gives them a little bit of an edge. They've played. They they played someone else other than themselves. They've hit someone else other than themselves. Even though they, you know, I, I just think that mm, that makes a difference I, I really believe that i think that this team is still really really good defensively and i think you know fam you looked horrible against jackson state last year in that football game i don't think it's gonna be that bad i'm hoping not. i'm hoping for a really good game much better than what we saw last year jackson state ran away with that game but I got Jackson State winning it, winning it again. And I'm, I'm I'm going simply because of the fact I think that they play the game. I think FAMU is right there with Jackson State. Um, maybe Jackson State's more talented, but I do like Willie Simmons' team down there at Florida A&M. I think FAMU is going, to, you know, with them losing this game. If they lose this game, it may pretty much cancel them out of being able to win the swag if Jackson State continues to do their thing, but. Other than that, if you know Jackson State loses a game somewhere else, then I I do think FAM you could get back into the race possibly. We'll see how that goes, but give me Jackson State to win that game there Sunday afternoon there in Miami. Uh, really looking forward to that matchup as well. Anyway, man, I'm gonna take a quick time out we going to come back, and I'm going to give you my power rankings for the NFL teams here in the South, not the NFL, just for these teams here in the South, you know I meaning the NFC, AFC South, and we'll throw in the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> even though they're in the AFCs. We'll do that when Ball About the South continues. All right, all we're going to get back into it really quick to close this show out. We're going to do my first power rankings of this season, and I'm going to kind of join in both the NFC and AFC South in this venture <laughs> and also the Miami Dolphins as well. We're going to throw in. So those nine teams, the best teams here in the South here in the NFL. And let's kind of look at this thing nine to one, man. Uh, I think you got some really good football teams in this in both divisions. I, but then again, obviously, these both of these divisions are looked at as being pretty weak at the same time. So let's go through it, man. Nine through one, and this is going to be kind of tough call to call who's going to be kind of bring up the rear in these nine teams. But right now, I, sadly for the Colts fans, I'm I have to go with the Indianapolis Colts at this moment. Because you really still we don't really know what Anthony Richardson, Richardson is going to look like once the season actually starts. So I think he's had some good moments, obviously, um, in preseason. And I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. This is not any you know thing to say that he's going to be bad going, you know, going forward. I think he's going to be really good. But I just think right now, today, with all this Johnson Taylor thing over their head and Uh, So many question marks. I think defensively they could be pretty good, but so many question marks surrounding a rookie quarterback. I've got them bringing up the rear right now. Uh, You look at number eight in these power rankings. (laughs) Kind of tough, but I'm going to go with the Houston Texans right now. Again, you got another rookie quarterback, but I I like some of the continuity more around him than what I'm seeing A little bit better than what I'm seeing in Indianapolis and that is my kind of my process of thinking on this one so give me the Texans there at eight with CJ Stroud and company at seven go Tampa Bay and that situation is kind of crazy too but you got some veterans (laughs) in that one you got Baker Mayfield who's obviously a veteran so that's why I kind of give them the edge over those two bottom teams And he has some guys he can can throw Football to at least So at least he has that What Baker actually looks like This season Um, Who knows (laughs) Who knows But uh, yeah So I got Tampa Bay At least currently Running 7th In in the South Power Rankings Number 6 Give me the Atlanta Falcons Falcons I think are Um A team that a lot of people think could win the NFC South. They could. But I think a lot of things would have to fall right for them uh, for that to happen. I I just don't think that they're really better than anyone in that division except maybe um, Tampa Bay. I I, I just really don't. So, and, and... this Desmond Ritter thing is kind, of, is kind of questionable to me too So I'm going to go And I do like B. John Robinson I think they have some weapons out there B. John Robinson And uh, obviously Kyle Pitts Obviously has a lot of ability Drake London at wide receiver And we got some This is a team that could score some points Now pass rush has been a huge question For that team for a long time I don't know if they've addressed that enough We'll see But I like right now I have Falcons at number six and number five. It's the Carolina Panthers. Obviously again, another rookie quarterback situation, but I do like Bryce and now the thing is and I ain't I could I may should flip flop them in the Falcons, but I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep the Panthers here right now because of their defense. But um You know, you see some offensive line struggles there. We saw that in the preseason with them trying to keep Bryce Young upright. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But right now I have Carolina 5th. At number 4, I've got to go with the Tennessee Titans at this moment. The Titans, I think, are a team that could win the AFC South. I think they're clearly at least the second-best team in the AFC South. But... A lot of question marks still with this football team So I have to kind of throw them down just a little bit right now We'll see if Ryan Tannehill can get it done I think that defense is going to be pretty good I think the pass rush is going to be improved We'll see how that running game goes with Derrick Henry And can DeHop, DeAndre Hopkins really make a big impact With that football team in the passing game And number three right now it's kind of getting tight, man. These 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 three teams here at the top are pretty good football teams. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. I mean, I, I just really don't. I don't care what anybody says. I think all three of these teams are pretty good football teams. And number three, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins could win the AFC East. I think Buffalo takes a couple steps back this season. And that could set Miami up to win that division. But, again, I think some other things are going to have to fall right. And, obviously, Tua Tonga Valoa is going to have to be able to stay healthy. So, we'll see how that goes. But I like Miami uh, as the third-best team right now in the South at number two. And it really starts to get tight. Right now, I'm going to have to go with the New Orleans Saints. Again, I, I like this defense led by Cam Jordan up front. They have a really good secondary. Um, Saints are going to be re- Able to stop people The question mark is going to be Offensively Now I, th- I think that they've answered the question At quarterback I think they have their guy Derek Carr to me Was a really solid pickup One of the best pickups in free agency That's just my opinion But We've yet to see it on the field in the regular regular season just yet. So, we're going to have to sit there and continue asking that question until we actually see it. I think he has enough weapons and Chris Olave and company. Uh, Obviously, Elvin Kamara is going to be out for a while, but you have a couple guys that can kind of take up the slack until he gets back. I think the Saints win the NFC South, and I definitely think they are the second-best team right now. And obviously... The team that I've not said are the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have to put them up there for right now. But, I, I, again, I think those top four teams, I think the the top three are on another tier just above the Titans, at least for right now. But I think the Titans can get up to that tier as well. But right now, I, I have to favor Jacksonville. I think they are the most complete team right now. Again, We'll see. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is is going to be a big question mark still because, you know, it's good to have that one year. Uh, really, I guess half a season. He was really good second half of the season, but how does he back that up? I think what we saw of Trevor Lawrence in the second half of the season is what most people expected from him, as you know, from day one. Maybe not day one as an NFL quarterback, but at least we expected that to be, you know, the the rule. We expected that to be what he would be in coming out of Clemson. He has the weapons around him. I think defensively the Jaguars are good enough. So again right now I, I think those three teams are really, really close. But I, for those reasons, I give Jacksonville a slight, slight edge until we see a little bit more from Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints. I think ultimately New Orleans could be the best team down this way, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. So we'll talk a little bit more in depth next week on the NFL. Obviously, if we get closer to the regular season beginning there, we'll talk. Um, I'll give you kind of my divisional picks and all of that next week. Definitely make sure you check that out And join me right back here again On Ball About the South Anyway, I really appreciate you coming in and checking me out Man, I really, really do Whatever platform you're listening to it On Apple, Spotify, Google Amazon iHeartRadio Ball About the South is just about anywhere you can think of To listen to a podcast So, again, please uh, Like, subscribe Do all those things And, uh definitely meet me back here next week on ball about the south